Welcome back to episode 9 of the Points Hunters podcast. My name is Rishi, and in today's episode, we will look at airline alliances, what they are, and basically how they work. So, if you're a moderate flyer and you've taken advantage of the perks that airline alliances offer to their flyers, or you've just flown at any time in the last uh, kind of 20 years, you've probably heard the name of an alliance spoken on board in an in flight announcement. So generally, you'd be on the flight. At the end of the flight, you'd hear, thank you for flying Airline X, a member of the Y Alliance. And just in terms of advertising, branding, there's planes that just have the actual Alliance names on their planes. It felt like it's something which is widely used in terms of the terminology of the aviation industry, but it's probably not an area that the kind of casual traveler who doesn't look at these things in details or doesn't collect you know, air miles and points would probably know or understand uh, very well. So I thought this would be an important place to actually go through what they are and how they work. So there's basically the big three airline alliances. You have Sky Team, One World and Star Alliance. The reason that airline alliances exist, and I'll go into the actual numbers in a, in a second, is generally to kind of share resources to allow for more destinations. And the idea generally was, if you go back about 20 years, there wasn't this predominant idea that people could book their own travel through websites. So with the growth of the internet, especially in the last kind of 10 years, you've had all these websites like Skyscanner, Google Flights, where you can book single leg parts of a trip yourself. You can basically be your own travel agent the same way that people used to use travel agents. So the reason the airline partners existed was that it would allow the ability for, for example, a European carrier that would be maybe flying a London flight to New York. It would allow you to get into the main hub, such as JFK. And then if you were going to go to a smaller regional airport, you could then transfer to a US airline that would allow the seamless transition to that hub. So it was just to benefit the overall travel experience for the end consumer. Many airlines started off only as a code share agreement. So that was the extension of their network. It also allowed for the reduction of costs from sharing of offices, maintenance, operational facilities. Um, this could even be operational staff, ground handling, personal, check-in, boarding, desks. Travelers would then benefit from lower costs due to lower operational costs, which would be passed on to them. It would also allow for shorter travel times as a result of optimized transfers. It would allow the ability to access airport lounges with partner or shared alliance members, fast tracks access to alliance members if they had frequent flyer status. And I think probably the most important, which is faster mileage reward earning by earning miles for a single account on several different carriers, enabling travelers to fly around the world in different airlines at the most cost effective price. So in regards to the kind of big three alliances, the first one is Star Alliance, which was founded uh, in 1997. They're headquartered in Frankfurt, and they were originally founded by United, Lufthansa, Air Canada, and SAS. They currently have around 26 members, um, so they're the largest in terms of just physical numbers. And they operate around 18,000 flights a day, their network is around 4,500 aircraft, and last year they flew between 750 to 800 million passengers. 
not to name all of them, but the kind of biggest airlines in the Star Alliance are United, Singapore, Lufthansa, Air India, Air Canada, Air China, etc. The next airline alliance that was founded was One World, which was founded in 1999 and headquartered in New York. Founded by American Airlines, British Airways, Cathay, Pacific and Qantas. And in terms of numbers, has the smallest number of members, only 13 airlines. They run around 13,000 flights a day. Their network includes around 3,500 aircraft and they usually transit around 535 million passengers a year. The One World in partners include American Airlines, British Airways, Cathay, LATAM, Japan, Iberia, Qantas and Qatar, just to name their biggest ones. Finally, we have SkyTeam. It was founded in 2000. It's headquartered in Amsterdam and it was founded originally by Delta, KLM, Korean, Air France and Air Mexico. As of today, it currently has 19 members, operates around 16,000 flights per day. Their network has around 4,000 aircraft and they, on average, transit around 630 million passengers a year. Just to name some of the SkyTeam partners, you have Delta, Air China, Air Mexico, Air France, Air Italia, KLM and Korean Airlines. So just to talk about redemption, the most obvious benefit of airline alliances would obviously be the ability to use your points from one airline with travel on a member. So the reason you do that is because obviously not every airline would fly to every single location. So taking advantage of an airline alliance allows you to physically expand your travel options using your air miles. As mentioned previously, the second benefit would be when you fly with member airlines, you can also earn reciprocal miles with your airline alliance of choice. A big plus for those who want to track their miles in order to gain elite status with their preferred airlines rather than just earn a few miles with multiple different airlines. And lastly, um, you can use your airline alliances to gain access to other members' airlines lounges, which for a lot of frequent flyer travelers is of use because it just allows you to take advantage of the huge network of airport lounges globally with whichever country or airport you happen to be in. Now, it might sound like airline alliances are all great. There's no problems. It's just great for the end consumer because it always really benefits them by reducing costs and expanding the network and allowing them to, you know, earn miles and credit them to different programs. But there are a few disadvantages. Arguably, the disadvantages for travelers can include higher prices when competition is erased on certain routes that are less frequently flown. So, for example, if two airlines separately fly three and two times a day on a shared route, their alliance might fly less than five times a day on the same route. This might be especially true between like hub cities, for example. We've seen in the recent past, Qatar wanted to increase its flights to Australia and Qantas, which was a one world partner, lobbied actively to stop Qatar getting so many flights as it would compete with them. This caused Qatar to speak out in the media and basically they were trying to threaten to leave One World. Also, arguably, the importance of the airline alliance, which is the kind of wider partner group, might slowly diminish over time as the increasing nature of individual partnerships continues. So, for example, you know, Emirates, who aren't part of any alliance at all, they have an agreement with EasyJet. So me, myself, I've collected Emirates Skyward miles before. 
and then credited the reward miles to EasyJet, which I can use to fly in the UK or in Europe. You can do, and they do this as well with Qantas. The Economist back in 2011 famously said that they believe the airline alliances are a price-fixing cartel, similar to kind of OPEC with oil. But to kind of wrap up, I think my tips for anyone out there who's looking to start understanding what their travel goals might be and how to best align them with this specific knowledge is before you start accruing miles within a specific airline alliance, make sure the member airlines that offer the travel destinations and perks work with your specific travel goals. Take advantage of other perks by airline alliances, such as access to you know, business and first class lounges as well. I look into status match options between alliance members because they typically do allow this. And I guess finally, the, the kind of biggest one is use airline branded credit cards as a solid way to kind of cover miles for your next trip. So I am a heavy advocate for the British Airways Premium Plus card. It allows you to earn British Airways Avios, but obviously you can use those Avios in 13 different partner airlines in one world. And finally, the biggest advantage is it allows you to just use one website for when you're booking your travel. So for example, British Airways being a part of One World allows you to actually see the flight availability for its One World partners on BA's website directly. Pricing is based on the end airline's structure, but you have the ability to actually use the route that you're looking for through BA's website, which will make it very easier. I hope this episode was useful. If it was, please do share it with your friends and family. You can find me on my socials, Points Hunters, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And again, if you have any questions, please reach out to me on there. I'm more than happy to respond. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the episode. My name is Rishi, signing out, and I'll see you in a future episode. Music.